GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the best in major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of the Welcome to the Games Old Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me remotely, my co-host, audio producer, and the slipperiest man I know, Butterboy, aka the Dead Eye Knight. There's a lot of butter in my veins after my delicious Easter meal yesterday. Um, it was buttered ham uh, with buttered rolls and buttered green beans. <laughs> good, not good. to mention buttered noodles. And not to mention the stick of butter you ate. Just straight. Straight butter. I didn't eat it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, moving on. We have our video producer who is uh, not so video uh, capable right now, but Player One Miggy is with us. How are you doing there, Miggy? I'm great. I'm great. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. I'm back, you know, without the video, but just giving you my buttery smooth voice. But not as buttery as Deadite. Hey, 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 hey. Copyright. My voice is trademark. My voice my voice is buttery smooth, but it's it's, it's less calories than the Deadite, the butter boy himself. That's gimmick infringement, all right? With your (laughs) can't believe it's not butter voice. (laughs) Welcome to episode three oh eight of the Gamezilla Podcast, brought to you by our patrons. Not not Margarine Miggy over there. <laughs> I can't, I can't <laughs> believe it's not Deadite. Supporters, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Uh, it would mean an immense amount to all of us if you head over there and help support the life and the existence of GameZilla Media. Again, Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media is where you need to go. Uh, Patreon starts as low as $1 per month. I know money's tight for a lot of people right now, but if you can afford it, please consider uh, contributing at least $1 a month, and they'll give you access to the State of the Zilla show. It's a once-a-month show. It's a collaboration across the different GameZilla media shows. And, of course, there's the $5 exclusive access tier, which will give you uh, things like GameZilla Muster Bust, where we tell you all the dopest games to buy and all the wackest ones to skip out on and i'm sorry for using slang i'm not really good at it i should probably stop um it is an ill listen and uh there's every gamezilla podcast show gives you something uh as as a bonus thank you for our five dollar patrons exclusively you can't listen to it on spotify or apple podcast anywhere else it's only patreon.com slash gamezilla media so thanks to our patrons y'all are the chillest And, and couldn't you just on that? Our patrons, y'all are the chillest, and then just move on. If you ain't a patron, you're a fool. <laughs> you are. That was super not fresh. I really feel like that was the most forced thing out of you. Like there were so many other words that wanted to come out of your mouth, but you were like, "Not appropriate. Can't do it. Gonna get banned. Can, nope, that's not allowed." <laughs> 
fool came out. All right. Anyways, uh, 308, we got a good episode for you here. We're going to be talking about some uh, Sony PlayStation 5 news around their new controller. We're going to get into some Call of Duty uh, Warzone information. We're going to talk Valorant, Riot's new game that's in beta right now. And uh, even, even like I said, No Man's Sky is going to be making uh, a little appearance here on the Games Little Podcast. We Not have, if uh, I have anything to say about it. Of course, then we'll move into our discussion topic. You don't have anything to say about it, so there you go. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's see here. I'm streaming it. I'm recording it. Like, I mean, really, you don't have any power besides the fact that you just don't have to give me your input. Keep drinking whatever whatever liquid's in that cup. I don't think it's water, but... Hey, Butterboy, you want to go start our own podcast? This, this man is clearly mad with power. Uh, no, because normally I'm the one mad with power. So I, Mickey, I this topic, this if you, I feel like this topic you want to be talked about. Like, why would you bail on me at this point? Anyways, we got a good discussion topic today as well. So we're going to be uh, getting diving into the news here in just a second. I want to remember remind everybody that if you're listening to us uh, recorded here on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast, remember we are live every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. where you can watch this show get made right now remotely. And you can watch us all act a fool on camera. So there you go. Let's uh, let, let make sure you, you hop on over to Mixer.com slash Media. Hit that follow button and come hang, without, hang out with us on Mondays. All right. Deadite, let's get into the news. Yeah. News. <laughs> <laughs> it's better every week. He like it's better. He paused for a second and then was like, "Oh shit, I'm I'm the transition here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I forgot that, I, that my uh, my new thing that the sound effects are in the the other it was studio. So good. I'm oh, I'm wow. responsible for doing it. It was yeah. so good. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, topic number one: the Dual Shock is dead. That's right. The Dual Shock that we've known for generations is no more. Say goodbye to the Dual Shock. Say hello to the Sony PlayStation Dual Sense. Makes sense. <laughs> that means two senses. <laughs> There are at least two. Since he? Since, since I? Dual sense. Oh, man. Anyways. <laughs> I don't even... I, it's, Sony came out of nowhere and decided, hey, we haven't shown you our system. We barely told you anything. Here's our controller. Just screw it. Here, we gotta give you something. And they threw out on their Sony uh, PlayStation blog the release of the DualSense for the PlayStation 5, and um, I think it's been a very very lopsided, well, not lopsided, it's just, it's a bit, it's like, you either hate it or you love it. it it's one or the other. And uh, as far as people's thoughts on this initial image, which um, is interesting, because the controller does look quite different it it does look like they've taken a lot of um adjustments to it we're going to talk about some of the features that that they released and we're going to talk about our personal opinions on if you know what we thought about it so far so the first thing is we got this image of the controller and right out the gate the 
what we would consider is the stock controller. You, like, I kind of feel like this is the controller that should come with the system as far as this version, this color variation. And um, that's the interesting part about it was is that it's a two-tone uh, controller, half, I don't, I'm going to say half white, half black, but I'd say it's more like 60, 70% white and then the rest black. And it looks like something Alienware would make. In my opinion, it, it looks, it doesn't look like Sony to me. And so at first it really threw me off and I was really anti this controller. Um, but it's grown on me a little bit and I have a few thoughts about it that once we get to our opinion piece, but let's cover the focus uh, the, of the actual features that they came out and said, and some of this we kind of already knew, but <clears throat> what we basically know right now is it's going to have haptic feedback. We, we already knew that this was going to be replacing the rumble feature of this controller. Haptic feedback allows you to have a little more control over um, creating an actual feel, creating actual response to what you're doing in game versus just a rumble. So thinking of like a... a um, road you know road change in a racing game from asphalt to dirt or thinking about when you have a bow in your hand and you're and you're you know pulling back an arrow the tension in that in that bow they're going to be able to create some some unique you know um experiences with haptic feedback they're also going to have the adaptive triggers which we also had you know were rumored at that time um supposedly the way that you pull the trigger it's going to feel differently depending on what you're doing so think of it from like a gun compared to a throttle on a car or you know casting a fishing rod i don't know um a lot you know different being able to control different um feelings on the l2 r2 triggers the uh Share button has been removed and a new button has been put in its place. And that is called the create button. Um, there is no, um, I, there's no explanation as to fully what it does yet, but the create button, uh, will perform the same functions and more is what was said for the, as the share button once did. So they're pioneering new ways for players to create epic gameplay content to share with the world or just to enjoy for themselves. It's how um, Sony described it. So we'll see uh, what, what else that button can do. The audio jack has been included in the controller. So yes, just like the DualShock 4, you're going to be able to plug in a headset to the controller. And I don't know why that seemed like such a big deal considering it's been that way, but it's still there. And then the one that was real weird to me, it's got a built-in microphone. So the DualSense controller will also include a built-in microphone, and Sony says you'll be able to use it to talk with your friends online without the use of a headset. Of course, for folks who still want one, Sony says that you can still support headsets. That I don't, I don't even really fully understand. Hopefully, they don't get into like DS world where it's like you have to talk to your controller to do certain things in the game. Because Nintendo DS did it; it's old. I don't want to. I don't want to ever have to do that again. Um, the touchpad is still there. Touchpad still, uh, still there. The, the light functionality of the controller is on the top of the controller. So, you know, the button, button face side, you're going to see lights. There is no light panel on the, uh, front of the controller and it is USB-C, which, uh, you know, if it wasn't, I, everything's USB-C at this point. So that's good. 
and that's kind of where I'm going to leave it at. The the only other thing that was brought up by one of our um one of our community members, uh, Button Masher Caleb, was that he noticed on an extreme zoom in of the joysticks that the uh, the casing around the joystick looks to have a sleeve, similar to why we really like the Xbox Elite controller. It has uh, the Xbox Elite controller has a stainless steel sleeve around the edge of the casing, so it makes it just a super buttery smooth feel (laughs) and uh, (laughs) but anyway so it looks like it might be something like that could be like a like a silicone style you know um style ring i don't know if it'll be stainless steel like like microsoft's but uh it does seem to be there they haven't mentioned anything about it but that would be a nice a nice upgrade to their uh to their joysticks anyways Let's get into what we think of the controller. I kind of want people's first thoughts. Like when you fir- when that when the news broke, what was your first reaction when you saw the image? We'll start with Deadeye. What do you think? What do you think? Over a decade ago, when I worked at Worst Purchase, I had customers come in and explain to me that as humans, we got the technology from micro from fallen angels stealing the technology from heaven and giving it to men. That is a true story that happened to me. Someone told me that. I thought those guys were lying until I saw this controller, and I said to myself, this has to be stolen directly from heaven, from an angel's (laughs) hands into my hands. It looks beautifully angelic. It's a handsome controller. Okay, but what would you really think? <laughs> that is what I you don't don't act like I would ever embellish in any way. Um, I'm not crazy about the two tone. I would have rather it. Been, <laughs> there it is. I would have rather it been all, like an all white, just super clean, like white, uh, with you know maybe some, some lighter gray accenting on you know the triggers and the sticks and stuff. The 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 center of it having a having that like classic matte playstation you know dual shock 4 style uh look to it. It, it it is weird looking from a design choice and i'm gonna be honest with you it makes me concerned over what the design of the system is going to look like are we gonna get this weird like loud white and charcoal colored system where at least the Series X is a nice, clean, black, looking like an air filter. Like, people are just going to think I'm keeping my living room clean. When they see the PlayStation, uh, they're going to think that I'm probably trying to uh, trying to beam things up to the Enterprise. I don't know. So uh, that, that aesthetically was a little bit uh, of a surprise. But, like, the white part of it does look very clean, very nice. Um as a person with small hands, I am also concerned because I love the DualShock 4. I know there's, it's kind of a polarizing controller, right? Like, I think there's a lot of people that are like, ah, screw the DualShock 4. Uh, you know, I'd rather play with this controller, that controller. The DualShock 4 fits really well in my little carnival worker hands that I have. And I find it very comfortable to play with the shape of the hand grips and everything. I, I really enjoy it. And, um, this looks fatter it looks longer well Um, and i mean no we haven't held it yet but it does from a lot of reports it it does look to be a little bit bigger uh of Mm -hmm. a controller so yeah there are a lot of people that are concerned about that because the dualshock did it i mean it 
it, even though I like my Elite controller as far as, like, if I had to pick, I mean, the, the DualShock is still it was a good controller, minus battery life. That would have been my biggest knock on the DualShock 4 was just horrible battery life. You know, yeah, now, the battery yeah. life was terrible. If this thing, you know, when I say, like, I really like the DualShock because small, small hands... I really like my Switch Pro controller, which is a larger controller, you know, so but not a ton bigger than the DualShock. So maybe this is similar in feel to the Switch Pro controller. And I'm sure I'll, I would be happy with that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. There's a, some initial thoughts. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about how they focused on uh, making sure it has a strong battery, uh, rechargeable battery. And but well, they also were able to reduce weight of the controller. So, you know, again, we'll see what it feels like when we get in our hands. I mean, the generations of DualShock uh, or of PlayStation controllers, in my opinion, is almost every time I put a new Sony controller in my hands, I liked it more than the last. So, you know, for me, I don't have a track record of why I should be concerned. The I think the reason why there's concern is it is different. It, it is a it is a, a quite a change compared to when you look from DualShock to DualShock Two to DualShock Three and even DualShock Four. It like it is a more of a drastic change and you wonder also why you take such a recognized brand of dual shock and you change it to dual sense um you know and maybe once they explain the how this controller does more maybe it'll grab but to me like you've spent generation after generation branding not only a the playstation but dual shock is this almost is its own brand like you know, when you think about Xbox, you have like Xbox controller. You don't have like, like the Duke didn't survive. The Xbox uh, S controller didn't survive. Like, yes, there's an Elite, but it's still just an Xbox controller. Like, it, you think about Joy-Con and and how Nintendo brands their controllers. Sony does a good job with that with DualShock, and so the fact that they jumped away from that to move to DualSense is weird to me, um, from a marketing standpoint. But you know, people that buy PlayStation Five aren't going to care. They're going to swamp controllers. See, but, I think that I think the change was good because rebranding that makes people say, "Well, why is it the DualSense now? What's different about it?" But it has to be just calling it the DualShock Five. As long as it's different enough, mm-hmm. if it just feels like the DualShock Five, then I think it's a mistake on their part. You know, and that's but I mean, time that time will tell on that one. But I just think for me, it looks like a DualShock Five. And as far as a, a share button and some and, and different rumble that's that you can control a little bit more, I don't know that warrants a whole remarketing of your controller. But then again, we'll see. I think uh, you know, like you, I the white turns me off. The the the, the two tone like contrast is nice. Like I, I like it. Like I think like blue and black would look really cool. I think red and like I think I'm starting to think about like the the how Sony likes to release color waves of controllers. I start to think about like the the ice editions of these controllers, and I go, oh yeah, that'd be cool. What would happen if like the the white of this controller was a see through blue, but it had solid black, and it were were is solid black like that would be kind that would be pretty neat you know um but out the gate if we're getting a white and black controller like that yeah you have to start to wonder well that's gonna match the ps5 system so now you're starting to wonder what are we getting there and it looks like again something from alienware this thing reminds me of the handheld that we saw at e3 or not sorry not at e3 this year um 
would that have been CES probably when Alienware released their like crazy looking Switch? Yeah. It looks like that minus the screen. And I don't know. It, it bugs me. Like, and I've seen like mock-ups of an all black con- version of it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's what I would expect as the like stock controller that comes with the PS five. But, uh, Miggy, you're an- another Sony, uh, you know, Sony fan. So what, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think Dead Eye was uh was was close to it, but instead of angels, um, you know, take you back to uh to uh nineteen forty seven, uh Roswell, New Mexico. Uh there was a quote unquote weather balloon, but we all know what it was that crashed there. And the technology that they harvested from that site is now being uh is it's slowly being released, you know, and you know, throughout time and now we're getting this controller, which I think that they put great use to with that technology and making this. I just hope that they can afford effectively uh give us a better battery life um but i, I instantly i instantly thought when i first saw the uh the controller i thought it was sexy i mean that was literally the first word came on my mind when you poked remember when you shared it in the group i saw it and i was like oh that's sexy you know i like it that the lights are on the top that we can see it so if they try and do the same thing with the lights like how it's, it's used to monitor your status um i can actually see it instead of seeing the reflection of it off of uh one of the frames or the or the screen in front of me i can actually look down and kind of kind of see it you know it's facing me um i'm not a big fan of the touchpad i mean we it's a button it's, it's another button I mean, because, I mean, we rarely use it for anything, but I, I wish we could they could have played around with it. Maybe gave us a screen, maybe. I don't know. Or just remove it, you know. But um, uh, it looks good. I just want the battery to to last longer than an hour. Yeah, what I want to see is them take uh, the stage when they actually show off the PS5 and they hold the controller up and then they just pop that touchpad. Like, it turns out it's just a protective uh, screen shield on there and there's a... There's a you know, full blown screen underneath it. Like that's what I want yes. to see because the touchpad, I have no like. Even if it's an enhanced touchpad, you had how many years to prove to me that there should be a touchpad on the DualShock Four? I just don't understand why there would be one on on the DualSense. I don't get it. So for me, uh, it's a complete waste. Maybe it's for for the backwards compatible for like all three of the backwards compatible games. <laughs> See, what you guys are forgetting is it's called the dual sense. Sense number one is the haptic feedback. Sense number two is rubbing your finger across the trackpad. They had to have two senses. <laughs> Adapt- adaptive, adaptive triggers, man. Yeah, I sense guess, three. That's part, that's part of the haptic feedback. But I don't know. I um, It's just weird to me. Like, I'm not used to seeing... Like... It's weird to me because Sony is never led with like a bright launch system. Like, yes, we've seen white PlayStations. They have there's a white PS4, PS3. I don't know. There, I think there's even a color wave of PS2 that might that 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 you can do. So with a slim yeah. or whatever, at least. Yep. And so, thing. you know, and obviously we had the gray PlayStation original. And then even that came out with some some variations as well, but never like right out the gate. So to me, it's just weird. And and part of that is like, OK, they really changed the controller up. They changed the name of the controller They're I think they're really trying to like launch kind of like the next gen. Like it feels like this isn't an upgrade. This isn't a, you know, just a graphic a graphic war with Microsoft again, that they ha- that there is something special that we still don't know. 
And, you know, there's a lot of things even about the controller that we don't know. There's still rumors that it's got wireless charging capabilities. There's still, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things built in that controller that in patents has hasn't been defined yet. Or turns out it was just an idea that never, you know, made its way to the final product. But still. Looking at this controller as the as like the thing that they're leading with. You have to wonder what the hell does this system look like? And, you know, right out the gate, we're getting this. We're getting like, I think we talked about how the Xbox Series X is ugly. But it's that box that you can just sit anywhere and it just kind of like fades away into whatever, whatever it is. This thing is low key ugly like me. Yeah, like I can it's blend in even though I'm not handsome. <laughs> this thing, if it's going to look anything like that controller is going to be like eye popping. It's going to be the first thing you see when you walk into a room and like maybe, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing that PlayStation would maybe want that. But at the same time, you're kind of like, well. Is it kind of gaudy? Is it too much? And also, my whole thing is like right now we look at that controller, we go, uh, "Well, you guys, I, I didn't, I didn't think this wasn't my first reaction. Your reaction was, that's hot, that's sexy, that's that, that's cool looking, whatever." Angelic, angelic, mm-hmm. alien. <laughs> so my whole my whole thing with it is like, I feel like stuff like this when you think of Alienware as an example is very flashy. Alienware can be very flashy and. Mm-hmm. It, it, but it ages poorly, in, in my opinion. I've owned Alienware products, and I've owned these flashy things, and I feel like right after, when I pull them out of the box, I'm like, this thing reminds me of a spaceship. It's so cool. And then, like, as it ages, I go, this thing's ugly as fuck. <laughs> this is ugly. Man, this thing this thing just doesn't isn't cool. And, you know, it's that, it's that, so it's that feeling of, like, all right, well, is that what we have here? Because it does remind me so much of that type of, you know, Alienware, Predator, uh, Razor, you know, these just a flashy design that needs to be refreshed every year because it just fades too quick. And so it's still interesting to me. I just, right out the gate, it, it's weird. And I didn't expect it out of Sony. My first thought when I saw the controller, it reminded, and I don't mean this like, perfectly but it was different enough from everything that i've seen from sony and for a long time that it reminded me of the banana controller at the P- for the ps3 announcement i i was waiting for an opportunity to bring up the old silver banana yeah the silver banana controller like it like to me when i first saw it and it's i've calmed down on it because it's not like when i first saw the the controller the flare, the way the sides of the controller flare, and and I think the contrast of the white and black just created more aggressive lines than I than really what we have here. Um, I first looked at, it, I go, what the hell? Like when someone sh- the first moment I saw it, I was like, it's fake. That's actually what I thought. I go, it's fake. It's it's a ri- it's a render. You know, there there's so many of them popping up everywhere. This isn't real. And then they're like, no, that was from Sony's blog. And I'm like. No. And I went and looked, I had to go look it up. I'm like, holy shit, this is real. So, you know, I've, now that I've looked at it for, you know, a, almost a week here, I'm like, okay, it's growing on me. I don't, you know, I don't hate it in all, in my opinion, it looks more like an Xbox 360 or sorry, an Xbox controller minus the offset uh, joysticks. So for me, as far as how it feels in my hand, I'm assuming I'm going to like it, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll see. 
I just uh, it, it's an interesting move from Sony. It's really it's really out there for a company that you know generation over generation hasn't really stepped too crazy outside the box because let's be honest, last time they did it was was the PS3, and uh, th- that launch didn't go too well. They had to they had to settle themselves down and find some find some uh, traction so that they could actually build back up. I mean, the cool thing about that PS3 prototype, and if if there's any young people listening that don't remember when this was shown up, just Google PS3 controller prototype. The cool thing about that that I was really hopeful is it looks like you could throw it and it would come back and you could maybe <laughs> kill a wallaby or a kangaroo with it. Um, also, there's a, you could you could paint it and it would look like Mac Tonight, the old McDonald's uh, moon mask. Oh, there's, that creepy thing. It had a lot of potential. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, the last thing I'll, I'll say, I'll bring in some of the uh, Mixer comments here on Mixer.com slash GameZillaMedia. Uh, Meat Shield saying, I feel like the buttons, uh, they don't look like you push down, they look like touchscreen. If you look from the angle, the side angle, it they, they look acrylic, they, they look see-through. So the top layer of the, of the button is, is clear, and then the image that we're seeing of the X square, or sorry, uh, what do we call it now? It's not the X anymore. Um, cross. The cross. Yeah. Holy shit. The cross, square, triangle, and circle. It will always be X to me. Um, our, I'll, I'll be in the ground before I call it cross. <laughs> are just an image layered underneath that clear, um, whatever, acrylic plastic that it is. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Owl Zero chiming in saying, best controller ever made, calling it early. So we just want to get that out there so that when he's wrong, we can all say that that's why he's not on this podcast. He won't be. He'll be right. <laughs> I know. I you I knew that you guys were gonna fight me over it. But um yeah, and then uh Beef Hammer chiming in says it looks interesting, still don't like the symmetrical sticks. Um but yeah, and and we also got the from it's jelly, uh the new controller reminds me of an Xbox controller. So there you go. Um I think that's a a very fair statement. A lot of other people in the articles I've read said it's very similar to a um Nintendo Switch Pro controller, which if that's a good thing. That's that's a good thing to uh, to be compared to. That's a great controller. So, I think there's going to be a moment in time where um, all the controllers are going to be basically the same. I mean, because you can only do so much. I mean, I think we're going to come to a point where they're all just going to be just about the same. I mean, maybe except for the Xbox PlayStation with the with the cross, you know, mix well, I mean, match analogs. More or less, think, we're kind of yeah, we're kind of there already in that sense. Yeah. By, like, except for like those few just personal preferences, right? Off, mm-hmm. off set sticks or um, you know, like like the the A B A B button versus versus a cross circle button. Um, you know, it's just yeah. I mean, the input is the same. The amount of buttons on the controller are pretty much the same, unless you're buying yep. like a pro version or something like that. What's going to change is the fact of, and and you know, we go back to VR and the idea of being able to wear gloves and control things just by moving your hands and interact. Like that's that's that next input difference. Being able to feel sensation in your fingertips when you touch something, like that would be like like evolution of input and response, right? So. The controller is, I think, has matured to a point that I don't think a controller can go beyond this in in its current state. And all they're trying to do now is refine it in a way that Joy-Con tried to do with with HD Rumble or or is that what it's called? HD Rumble, right? Yes. Okay. Um, 
you know, they're trying to find these little angles. Haptic feedback has been the thing about that is it, it was in it was in Xbox One controllers at launch. It was a gimmick that Xbox pitched on the Xbox One, and they did nothing with it barely. So I mean, this is a tech. It's not a brand new technology. It's not the first controller we're ever getting that that had haptic feedback in it. And so, you know, we'll see if Sony could do a better job with it. But at the same time, it's that same point of saying, well. Microsoft had it for five years and didn't do anything with it. You had a touchpad for five years, didn't do anything with it, and yet you brought the touchpad back. So, you know, it's things like that that we'll have to see. But overall, it's not it's not horrid. It's not you know it's not it's not like making me not want to buy a PS5. But it is uh, quite different than anything I expected out of Sony. I think that's pretty much my statement. Is that I I'm holding my final opinion on it until I can actually feel one. And see what uh, you know, see what it's all about. But um, a drastic move for Sony, and good for them because I'm so used to them recently being just kind of complacent. They're okay, right where they're at. They don't need a pro controller. They don't need any, you know, uh, to to worry about all these different things. They don't need presentations at these events. And so for them to kind of come out swinging with a drastic uh, change of pace. Kind of feels good and scary at the same time. Any last words on the PS5 controller you guys want to make? If Leonardo da Vinci oh, were God. to design a controller, <laughs> why did I even ask? <laughs> it would not even achieve the the beauty of the dual sense. <laughs> why did I even ask? We're gonna move it into Zillabytes. <laughs> All right, so uh, Zillabytes, we got four topics for you today. Starting it off with Call of Duty. The uh, Call of Duty Warzone, which is their Battle Royale mode in their latest uh, edition of the game, now has more than 50 million players one month after launch. So, um, I helped. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we helped. So, uh, yeah, so they hit 50 million players uh, announced last Friday. The milestone, which uh, Warzone reached just one month after its release, makes the game one of the fastest-growing free-to-play titles in the gaming industry. Uh, it previously had 30 million players just at under two weeks after launch. Um, but, yeah, after, unlike its lackluster attempt at Battle Royale Blackout, which was uh, launched in 2018's Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Warzone was released as a standalone download on console and PC and does not require players to own any other software to pay, uh, play any, or pay any money to play it. So I think that was a huge move on their part that they realized was a big mistake of putting a paywall to their Battle Royale last, in 2018. So, um, and yeah, I mean, they're seeing similar success to what I would, I mean, Apex was kind of that lightning in a bottle because they were the next, they were right after Fortnite, they were the next big thing, but we're seeing a similar you know, um, success growth here be, uh, for Warzone. And I think part of it is, is that if he, it's different enough, we always talk about this, this, you know, this area right now being super saturated with, with different battle Royale options out there, but this one feels different enough that for me, I'm loving it. I, I it's, it's one of the games I'm playing the most of right now while, while I'm quarantined and, I don't even think about Apex. I don't even have an interest in Fortnite, and I'm just happy to be in Warzone. I uh, I bought the Battle Pass. I I actually bought Battle Pass Season Two three days before it ended, and I completed all hundred levels of it. 
Then I bought Battle Pass 3, which just came out this week. And wild. Uh, you wild. Grim, you wild. Yeah, and I'm and I got started on that. So um I'm I'm really enjoying it. I thought the battle I think the battle passes are they they learned they learned a lot from Blackout, and that's what I'm happy to see is that their battle pass and the, the actual stuff that you want to get out of it, similar to like Rocket League and looking at things and going, yes, that's worth my ten bucks. I feel that way in, with this battle pass. So, um, you know, I saw someone walking around with a German Shepherd, and then I watched that German Shepherd assassinate somebody, and I was like, I need that. I need that as an option for me. And so now I have a German shepherd that walks next to me. So it's pretty cool. Anyways, um, it's pretty cool. Let's, let's pump the brakes. They're nowhere near Fortnite numbers, which has over 250 million players at this point, but they are, you know, in, they are considered a success within the battle Royale scene. And we just wanted to recognize them for, uh, you know, a, a good job there. Not something that we always like to throw out at Activision or uh, Call of Duty. So, next topic: Valorant. If you're not sure what Valorant is, it's Riot's new shooter, first-person shooter. It's a basically a Counter-Strike uh, meets Overwatch, is what a lot of people like to kind of mash it up as. It opened its uh, closed beta. It started its closed beta, and it has swept the world i mean it is insane what this game is already uh records being broken on twitch and esports uh you know situations being talked to and meetings being held with professional esports teams already to discuss how what they're gonna do and this game again isn't even public yet and uh, I was talking to um, another member and who who's bigger into esports, bigger into this world than than I am, you know, bigger into the CS:GO world. Um, and they said this game is is very important. This game is huge because it is CS:GO with fantasy instead of instead of real world situations. And so um, the point I'm getting at here is that. CSGO had a professional league, but there were a lot of sponsors and there's a lot of things that weren't that weren't happening because of the realism of the game. You know, and so like uh, a great example from Jafer that I was talking to here was that like uh, car companies would not sponsor esports teams that had CSGO um, teams in their organization because of car bombings and things like that, which were existent in the game. And so the fact that Valorant is that same world minus all of that, and instead we use utilities that are fantasy and, and, and somewhat goofy, it, oh, Riot has, has broken all of those walls down. And who else was going to do it? I mean, Riot's, Riot is a monster when it comes to esports and League of Legends. Of course they have some experience. Of course they probably knew what they were doing when they brought this up, and they're, they are set to take over the world when it comes to a, yet another game in the esports scene that's going to have an, a, an amazing launch and probably growth that we haven't we've never seen before um you know even even, even we're looking at something that could even catch past league of legends at this point so We'll see what happens, but right now they did. Uh, I do want to say some of these numbers are insane, so I did want to kind of throw them out there. Uh, <laughs> in the uh, single day hours watch record for Twitch, 
Valorant killed it on its launch day with 34 million hours watched in its first day. Oh, man. <laughs> that was all grim. I was there. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm still. So, and we'll talk about why that one reason why they're having so much success, but 34 million hours watched first day, the game hit a peak concurrent viewer total ship of 1.7 million people watching it, uh, which was, is only second to the 2019 league of legends world championship. So good job, Riot. You almost broke your own record. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're watching uh, people like Tim the Tatman, XQC, Pokimane, uh, Dr. Disrespect, uh, Summit, all of them streaming this game. And one big reason why this success has happened is that this is a closed beta. And the only way that you can get a drop, as they're calling it, or let's just call it a key to get access to the game, is by watching. You got to link your Riot account to your Twitch account, and then you have to watch one of these streamers that have what's called drop enabled on their stream. Dr. Disrespect being the asshole that kept putting it in his title and actually doesn't have drops, and everybody caught on to it two days in, and we're like, oh my god, I've watched 48 hours of Dr. Disrespect thinking I was going to get a drop, and he was just playing them. But which is which is who he is, right? That's the character he is. So, um, anyways, people are sitting there just and and so I've been there. I, I want a key. I really wanted to play this game. It looks very interesting to me. And so I've watched a lot of streamers and a lot of extra content that I probably normally wouldn't watch. Plus, I'm quarantined, so that doesn't doesn't hurt. Um, and I'm watching all these people just scream and bitch and complain and ask for codes and all this stuff. And, you know, like, it's clear as day that the streamer has no control over this. It's all Riot. They literally just link it all together and then it just happens behind the scenes. The, the streamer has no control over these drops, yet the stream is just full of, like, toxic just assholes that are just i've watched for a hundred hours and i don't have a code but this asshole says he got a code and it's like listen man i could type in there right now that i, I got a code and you could get pissed at me doesn't mean i actually got a code like why are you taking like you don't even know if it's true and if it is like sorry tough luck i don't necessarily agree with the way riot did this I um I don't necessarily like the way that they're that they're starting to open up their closed beta to people because I think one thing that should have been taken into consideration is the the um the tenure of the account. Like how long has your Riot account been opened? How like you have all the all the statistics. How much money have I spent within the Riot, you know, world? How, you know, how invested am I am I into your company? Those people should have priority. Doesn't mean they redeem the key. Maybe they're not into that style of game, but they should have priority. Instead, I am watching bots. And this is what upsets me. I'm watching thousands of bots get drops. And then they turn around and sell the account on eBay. And day one, you could get a drop, which costs you nothing. You open up a free Riot account, a free Twitch account. You link them together and you watch a stream. Now, mind you, it's a bot. You're not actually doing it. You get the drop. You go to eBay, you sell for 150 bucks. And you had people bragging about the fact that they had not one, not two, but multiple drops. And of course, Riot came out and said, don't buy these because um, we're looking into banning them. Cool. Well, 
why don't you look into your whatever your analytic or whatever the system is that's, de- that's deploying these drops and actually like not give it to brand new accounts that were made 32 minutes ago. You know, so like I'm still sitting here without a code and I've had my Riot account for I don't even know how long, like eight, nine, eight years. So like to me, I feel like there's just people out there that aren't getting a proper opportunity that really want to. And I think live your brand already and want to support you. They want to show off your your new product. But um, so Miggy's got some you both have some history with League of Legends. You both know Riot really well. What do you what are your thoughts, initial thoughts on Valorant? And then what about like their deployment system or anything else you want to touch? We'll start with that. So. I think Valorant as a game looks cool. It's not my style of game because we've, we've talked a couple times over the last two months. It's a Twitch reflex game. It's pr- something I'll probably never play. I'm very interested to see how they structure the league because I don't like League of Legends. But I, I have a huge respect and really uh, have an interest in the way Riot runs their league. So if this is something that's fun to watch and fun to follow, I could be into it. Um, my... My thing about the the way they're handling distributing these codes is I do agree with you. If you're someone that is a Riot fan, is invested, has spent money, plays League of Legends, there should be some sort of priority, even if it's you have 20 times as high of a chance of getting a key or something, there should be some sort of benefit to the loyalty of the brand. If, if this were Pokemon and I've been playing since I was 10 years old and I've had a Pokemon account for, for nine years. And I was seeing all these people that barely care about the brand, getting codes to get into a game. I'd be upset. So like, that's the way I could relate and ration that as being something that that's not, uh, not the best way of doing it, but for someone who's casual, someone who's just gaining a little bit of interest thinking like, Oh, I could watch this. And maybe I get a chance to play. If you're, if you don't already have a brand loyalty or brand association, it is a fun way for them to drum up interest, to get streams, to to get people to loyally watch. Because Rocket League do- has done this in the past, which if you watch the championships, you can get special in-game drops and things like that, which that motivates me to watch. So if I thought, hey, Valorant is a game I want to watch, I want to play, I'm going to try to get a code, I'm going to watch. I think that's great. But I do 100% agree with you that the loyal Riot fans should should have something, even if it's, hey, if you don't get a key this weekend, the, the, there's a Riot account. If you uh, you know have played uh, 100 hours of a Riot game in the last three months or, or whatever, you know, would it be an appropriate amount of time? Boom, there's your access. This is your weekend, the Riot loyalty weekend or something coming up. I, I don't exactly know, but there's got to be options to uh, – show some some love to your loyal group yeah miggy uh any thoughts um yeah i kind of agree agree somewhat with uh with deadite um i think the way that they should handle it is if you've had yeah if you've uh either had your account for this many years or if you've put in uh this many hours um you know check your inbox for you know for the the beta access key um and for people that you know, that are new because like, you know, maybe maybe uh, League of Legends isn't your cup of tea, you know, like like me. I enjoy the lore. I enjoy the characters in the world and everything is just not my not my cup of tea. Um, but you see it. You see in this game, 
and it's got you interested, I mean, they, they should be welcome in too. Um, but there should be like a, I kind of want to say maybe like a better vetting process or something um, to make sure that they're not going to like sell it. Like say, for instance, you get the code and you have to log in and play like so many hours or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but some way of, of, of tying it to you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, but I think it's just the way they're doing it right now is ridiculous. Um, I didn't even know anything about the other uh, beta. I just, you know, turned on Mixer one day and that's all I was seeing was, was everybody playing it. And it looks interesting. It's something I would definitely like to check out me being a, um, an Overwatch fan. Um, this is something that looks like I, I could get into. Yeah. I've always been interested in CSGO and that, that, like you said, that Twitch response, Twitch reaction, like shooter. And I've never really played one. So like, I'm, you know, I don't know that I'll be any good at it, but this is, this is one that's like, it's in my wheelhouse enough with the, with the uniqueness of the characters and that fantasy aspect to it that I like, I it feels riot to me and I like riots lore. I like what they do with their stuff. So for me, it's like, okay, even if I'm not in love with the game, you know, season two, I could be because of the way the way that Riot handles meta, the way that Riot evolves their products year after season after season. And so for me, that's, I think, what has me most excited about this game is that I know it looks really it looks really cool already. You know, it might not be the prettiest game and things like that, but you guys have to remember this is also a game that they're guaranteeing no matter who plays is going to have this ping. Like the 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 coding and 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 the the stuff they're using in this game is years and years and years in the making, and they are trying to build what looks to be one of the most stable competitive platforms ever created in a competitive gaming scene, and so that's really interesting to me because again, when it comes to esports, you are you're setting yourselves up. Not only are you coming out the gate with and it's not going to 100% stop cheaters. And there's already been some reports that there might be some cheating going on. But their anti-cheat is, is literally, was literally in place before the game, before the beta even came out. These are things that other companies don't do. Like Warzone, as, as much as we just congratulated them, they got cheaters rampant all over the place. And they're manually banning them. They're manually reviewing accounts and banning them. That is That was their response to... Uh, there was some unofficial tournaments that went on in Warzone recently with big streamers playing that were just getting game after game or getting aimbotted and just and killed. And, you know, basically it killed the unofficial, um, you know, competition. And Activision's response was, well, you know, we banned 50,000 people. It's not slowing you down. And then it's when they're like, oh, well, we're going to count by account manually. That's not an anti-cheat like pro- process, program, concept in place. That's just you trying to, you know, stop the bleeding. <laughs> so damage control. Uh, yeah, it's damage control. So for me, like Riot knows all this stuff. They've dealt with League for so many years that they're able to take all these experiences, and I think that's huge for them. And this really starts to. I mean, this is that first thing. This is the first taste we have of Riot outside of League, knowing that they have more projects coming knowing that there's more stuff right around the corner this year and next year, fighting games, RPGs, adventure games, all these things that are, that are coming around and you're like, wow, like they get it. 
I, I really think they get it. And so you start to get even more excited about what's coming out. If you're not into this game like Dead Eye is, but you were interested in the fighter game, now you're like, okay. You know, that, that I mean, um, Legends of Runeterra is a solid, like, I'm not a card game player. It's a solid card game. You know, TFT kind of invented auto chess. You know, so team fight, team uh, fight tactics or whatever, like they are doing it again and again. Some with the League of Legends characters, some now without. And so for me, I just look forward to seeing Riot have a huge year. They're they're gonna have a huge year. It's you know rolling into twenty twenty one, and um, Valorant is is. <sighs> It's going to be, I, I really think it's going to be the shooter, like the eSport for shooters. And I mean, Call of Duty has a league, Overwatch has a league, and they're not going anywhere. But like Valorant's going to come in and it is going to clean up and it is going to push this industry and this genre when it comes to eSports to a whole nother level. And it's going to happen fast, which is crazy. I didn't think it was going to be this fast. So anyways, um... Pretty cool stuff. We're going to move into our, our last Zillabyte here, and that is No Man's Sky. This one's for Player One Miggy, baby. Player One Miggy, No Man's Sky. Yeah, not a mobile game. Like I said, we are not talking about this. No Man's Sky I'm has mech stop. suits. Mech suits. All right, I'm in. All right. No, ah. man, no Man's Sky is continuing its post-release update um, with yet another free content update which adds a new vehicle to the game, the Exomech, which, uh, because why explore new planets on foot when you could explore them in a giant mech suit? Officially, the new mech is the latest addition to No Man's Sky's fleet of Exocraft, smaller vehicles that players can unlock and build to explore planets. So, yeah, um... The uh, Minotaur, which is the in-game name for the mech, is designed to offer players a way to explore that protects uh, from things like high temperatures, harmful radiation, and other perils of space. Unlike other vehicles, players will still be able to use their mining laser well in the mech, making it far more viable for harvesting resources in hazardous areas. It also has a jetpack, because jetpacks are cool. The right. and, then, and then lastly, uh, the ExoMech also fully supports... No Man's Sky virtual reality modes on PC and PS4, allowing players to pilot their mechs in first person from the cockpit, complete with 3D data readouts, which is uh, pretty cool. It reminds me a lot of uh, Rigs. I will zero. I played plenty of that, and it was super cool to be inside of a mech and just run around. So, um, it's cool enough that I, I have No Man's Sky. Uh, I have it for Xbox, but I also have it for the PS4, and I have PSVR, and I kind of want to check this out in VR. So we'll see. Maybe maybe I uh, build a custom stream around that just, just to check this out. But uh, the ExoMech update is available today in No Man's Sky. Uh, in addition to the new vehicle, it also adds a variety of other improvements and bug fixes, and you can just uh, visit the No Man's Sky official patch note page on their website if you would like to read all about it. So yeah. Pretty cool. I I think this uh we you know we don't need to spend a lot of time on the last point uh or this this topic, but I think it just leads us right into our discussion topic today. So did you guys want to say anything about No Man's Sky before we move on though? No. Mex. Mex. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. 
Miggy and I are going to be playing some No Man's Sky. I can feel yes. it. Yes. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, we're going to slide right into our discussion topic of the week. And Miggy, this was your idea. I really liked it because we talked about uh, an upcoming update for next, uh, next week. And obviously No Man's Sky just now. So why don't you um, paint the picture of what we're going to talk about tonight? Well, um, ah, wow. I'm not used to giving giving words, but um, <laughs> um, just just thinking about a big responsibility, um, Miggy. I know, I know. Hope I don't mess it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just thinking about. I mean, yeah, our, our our previous topic, um, No Man's Sky, how its initial launch, uh, came out to less than uh, a stellar, you know, stellar reception. <laughs> That's the nicest um, way you could put that launch. That's the <laughs> nicest way you could have ever put the No Man's Sky launch. <laughs> You gotta remember, um, I was then, a beta player of that game. I played that game before it came out, and I was like, "No, day one patch will fix it. Day one patch will fix it. <laughs> It'll fix it. It'll fix it." <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I was like, I was a day one adopter of it. So when it dropped, I was like, "Guys, I know what I'm getting into. It's it's gonna be good." And got it, and it was it was horrible. It was not what we were what we saw at the at the previous E3. It was we were sold lies. So Man, um, it was so bad. <laughs> And then a most recent, um, a most recent uh, Fallout seventy six, um, which had a bigger debacle. It was kind of like you know, kind of like falling up the stairs repeatedly. I mean, you know, with its uh, with its collector's edition, with its um, you know, what 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 do they call those tarps? Those tarps that they were trying to sell as jackets. Um, the 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 alcohol debauchery. I mean, the the constant bugs when they tried to fix updates. I mean, it was a constant misstep after misstep, but. They also kept working with the game, and there's a big update coming, dropping for that tomorrow, which makes, which adds NPCs and other quality of life enhancements to what people wanted from the get go. But just thinking about like as as many of the missteps and as many of the burns as as they burn people, um, led me to think, you know, um, what other companies, you know, uh, other, what will it take for gamers to, or for us, you know, to say that we're done? You know, it's like okay, you know, you've burned us too many times. I'm done. I'm uninstalling you. You're never getting any more of my money. I don't care if you come up with Starfield. I don't care if you come on No Man's Sky 2. I'm done with your company. I mean, you know, what will it take for us to just, just completely be done? How much can we put up with? Yeah, I think this is a, a really good topic because I think there's three people here that have very different levels of acceptance to, to come to. Yeah, I, I see you over there, Dead Eye. I see you. And, you know, for me, I... um. I think I fall in the middle, right? Like, I think there's someone that's really, like, very short and then someone that's willing to give opportunity after opportunity here. And I think I fall in the middle. I will bitch a lot. I'll complain a lot. And then you'll find me playing the game, right? And and then, <laughs> and then like, they'll, something will break and I'll bitch and complain. And then they'll say they fixed it. And I'm always the one that kind of, like, I wonder and I go, I at least go check it out. Unless, like, you are... You know, doing something. I mean, I'm trying to think of an example right now that that just really pissed me off. I mean, I, it's not a game, but the example of like recently of how I said, and and you've all known there was a moment, a long moment, where I just was anti GameStop, and I'm back on that boat. And so like, it it has to be pretty aggressive. Like, I really appreciate No Man's Sky. I was so mad at that game and so disappointed and felt like I was lied to. Everything was wrong with that game. And then I read what 
a small 10 person team was basically doing for years trying to you know make right from from the mistakes that were made and the promises that were never delivered upon dealing with death threats dealing with 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 all sorts of crazy stuff people being told that they were that you know gamers calling these these people up and telling them they were going to you know rape them and all sorts of crazy shit because of their video game because there wasn't butterflies in the video game like there was the original trailer like these are legit stories that you can find online that happened to these people yet they still worked on this game when when all of them besides like the content besides the you know original creator could have like gone and tried to find a different job could have gone and, and just moved on and said i'm a 3d just a 3d artist i can go make anything but i'm going to stick here and work on no man's sky a game that for a while there was just it was dead like it was dead so how do you like so the fact that they tried to bring it back and they did is really cool to see and it that gave me a reason to uh you know, to believe in it again and try it again and even invest, you know, um, some money into a different version of the game because I wanted to play it on Xbox instead of PS4. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's... When I see bugs and I see blatant shortcuts and, and, and it's a company that's just a money company, it's, just, it's not an indie company, it's not, it's not a first... This is our first game, you know, like, like No Man's Sky was. Uh, when I think of Fallout 76, for example, as much as like this update, in, like is is interesting to me, it's Bethesda. Like they don't have an excuse why Fallout 76 was so bad. They don't have an excuse because everyone told them that this is not what they wanted. This wasn't the game they wanted. Nobody asked for this yet. You put it out. Who else did this? I don't know. Nintendo called Metroid Federation Forces. No one wanted it. And so, for me, like I just. I have a hard time forgiving Bethesda. I feel like Bethesda has wronged us many times. They've put up, they, they haven't, you know, spent a whole lot of uh, effort trying to fix it. And the fact that here we are, what, um, I think it's been like 18 months or something like that since the game came out. Since Maybe. No Man's Sky came out? No, no, no. Since Fallout 76. Oh, Fallout 76. Okay. Something like that. In that, it, it, it's around that time. I'll just say 12 to 18 month window. Um, and, you know, for them to sit there and be like, oh, well, here's this this update. We're, we're adding all the stuff that you originally asked for. I'm kind of still like, fuck you. Like, that, that I, I, you had your chance. I bought the collector's edition. I have the frick, I have the helmet with the shitty bag that, that, that didn't, uh, you know, that wasn't the bag that you advertised. And yes, I understand you gave me the opportunity to get that bag, but still, like again, it was one of those things. Like, no, I'm gonna keep your shitty bag because, like, I'm going, like, I, I'm, li- I'm owning this. I, I made a mistake. I'm owning it, and like, I'm mad at you. <laughs> I'm not gonna go, sh- you know, ship my shit bag back to you so you can ship me the bag that you should have gave me in the beginning, but you didn't. And then, yeah, like, um, and the mold thing for the for the helmet was supposedly the GameStop exclusive helmet only, not the actual collector's edition helmet that came with the game. But still, like, so much crap with that game where I'm like, my wife is like a Bethesda fan, right? She's she she loves Sky, Skyrim's her favorite game. She's she'll play the new Elder Scrolls the second it comes out. She she still like wants to wants to support them. So she's talked about. Do we have a copy of Fallout 76? I might check it out. 
and we do. We still have one. So I'm like, yeah, it's on the shelf. So she, she'll be the one that probably goes and like checks it out. She'll be the one that pulls me back in, in that sense of like, hey, it's actually a lot of fun. Do you want to play you know, Fallout 76 with me? Because that was kind of the whole point of Fallout 76. The collector's edition was a gift to her. And then I got a, my own copy and we were going to play together. <laughs> it sucked to ass. And I was like, well, guess we're not playing that. But, um, you know, so she'll be the one to pull me back in, not Bethesda, because they don't they don't get that second chance for me. What about let, let's go to Miggy. I want to save I want to save uh, that eye for last. Um, yeah, I guess do, doing what we do, uh, giving giving me the opportunity to uh, follow along and actually pay more attention to. Uh, the news and companies and how they how they treat their customers and just just you know how they how they are um and i guess i can put put the least of two the two companies that we've named in separate you know in, in two separate camps um yes uh uh no mask i forgot the guy's name but um sean did, murray is it sean murray yeah. sounds yeah. right Yep, Please he came. Right. Now he did. He came out and he over oversold it. You know, he was saying you'll be able to do this. This will happen. You know, you'll have this. You know, it just works. You know, or, or no, sorry, that was that quote was from Fallout seventy six. But um, I mean, but still, he came, showed his video. He put together a, a video just for that E three when it was all rendered and nothing was actually in game. I mean, yeah, it was like a, it was it was a blatant lie. But I mean. I guess he had a heart ahead of conscience. You know, he went he went dark after like the game release. Didn't um, you know, no comments, nothing. I mean, people were wondering what was going on, where's my money? And then the first time he came out, you know, it's update and we saw progress. And then after that, you saw update after update after update. And now we have the game that we have today. When we're when when you've got me and, and Grim talking about, you know what? Yeah, we might be getting back into that, you know. I mean, they they actually they earned it, and now you got people, you know, making banners and buying billboards outside of their studios, thanking them. When you go from death threats to being thanked, I mean that that says a lot. And then we've got Bethesda, when everybody's like, you know, burning hell, you know. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, just looking at how they treat their customers. I mean, even if you go back to like all their game iterations, you had the same bugs appearing in each one of the games and they didn't update anything. They didn't take care of anything and they just thought it was cute. And eh, the fans will take care of it, you know, with their mods and everything that they'll, they'll fix it. They'll fix it. And then now we've got something that is far beyond the joke. I mean, this fallout 76 stung me more than, than, you know, any other like bad purchase game, you know, bad game or game with issues that I purchased because like I had, I, I, I had a choice, you know, is it, you know, Fallout 76 where I could play with my boys or Red Dead Redemption 2. And so I took the $60 that I didn't have and dropped it on Fallout 76, played it for maybe that week to launch week, maybe not even that full week, and never touched it again. Never. And just following the story, just the debacle, how they're treating their customers, how you have people who like are actually dedicated to the game and they they'll like find bugs, they'll test the bugs and then they'll send it back to uh, send it to Bethesda and let them know, hey, this is what we found. And then they get their accounts banned for testing, for doing what Bethesda should have been doing in the first place. It's it's like it's it's like ridiculous. Like, how far has this company fallen? And. Now, you know, seeing the update, I saw the trailer for it the other day, and it's like, you know, it looks interesting, and, you know, it's like, you know, I kind of want to check it out, but, like, I am not, I'm not excited to check it out, I'm more curious, and, I mean, I feel like I want to check it out just to see how the game has progressed, because, again, doing what we do, 
you know, yeah. I, I kind of want to, I kind of want to check it out and, you know, and relay the news to, you know, to the people, the people who also might have given up on the game and not, have, not, you know, not decided not to come back. But, you know, then you got companies that are falling down like 2K, you know, with, uh, you know, WWE. Oh, you know, save 2K. it, save it, save it. That's not your, <laughs> that's not your, that, you don't get to live on that pedestal there. That's somebody else. I'm just, I'm, that's somebody I'm else's story. I'm not, I'm, I'm not that passionate. I'm not that passionate about it, but I'm just, I'm just saying again, being a media consumer, I mean, from this and just watching, just watching the fire from, you know, from this, from outside of the house, you know, like I'm, I'm on the sidewalk across the street watching the building burn down. It's just. It's just something. I mean, and well, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's how we are. I, I, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess to answer, answer, you know, to, to answer my question. I mean, I think again, when you see a company that has remorse and a company that puts in time and that communicates with us and decide, you know, wants to make good on what they promise, I, you get more of my respect. And I would actually spend more money if they came up with the season pass for No Man's Sky for like other updates, whatever. I would actually drop money on it at this point just to, uh, you know, support and throw money in the way because of the work that they've put in. Fallout 76, I'm not spending $100 a year to, uh, you know, for, 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 for that game. No, nah, no. Nah. It, well, yeah. earned it. I think No Man's Sky, you know, they don't need to try to get money out of us at this no, point. Nah. But what I think what Hello Games wants to do is that when they make another video game, they want people to at least believe that they want to believe that people will buy it. Right. So, like, I think No Man's Sky was in that point where Hello Games needs to go away and never make another game if they don't fix No Man's Sky. And Sean Murray's never going to make another video game and have any success doing so. So like that, that was, I think some of that driving force is like, Hey, we have to fix this or, you know, I'm done. I, I got to find a new career. And then, um, we're going to move it on to, uh, to deadite here, but I, I, I do, I do like your, your statement here. I will bring in, uh, beef hammer had been talking in, into, uh, at mixer.com slash games media saying, you know, this is very similar to uh, the creator of Fable and the hype that was built around Fable. Um, and I remember that, actually. I, I had forgotten how how hyped Fable was and all the things you were going to be able to do and how it was revolutionary, how alive the, the game was. And sure, it was a load of shit, but the difference between Fable and No Man's Sky was that I actually still enjoyed Fable. No Man's <laughs> yeah. Sky was horrible at launch. So, um, but yeah, no, that, that was a good point. I forgot all about the presentation of Fable and how it was going to revolutionize gaming. Uh, and uh, in case you haven't realized, we haven't had a Fable game since, um, what, Xbox 360? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and, and the developer is gone. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But anyways, we saved the best for last because... There's only one man here that'll burn every bridge known to God, and that's the Dead Eye Knight. <laughs> burn. It is well known for anyone that's listened to the podcast for years, personal friend of mine, or as a member of Discord, that I will hold ridiculous grudges against companies if they do not deliver on a promise. I.e. I didn't buy Dr. Pepper for a decade because of website crash. <laughs> and, and you were, then I only and... bought that Dr. Pepper because I could scam Uber codes and save like $40 while I was in. And then I bought zero Dr. Pepper since then. Just yeah. an example. Just one when example. I, one of many. When I buy a $60 video game from a company, 
I expect that to be a $60 promise of $60 of fun. <laughs> and when a game doesn't meet the simple expectations of being a fun playing experience, they're not getting any more, more of my money, maybe ever again. Even if a game does meet that expectation, it's still a pretty big gamble if I'm going to buy DLC or, you know, and uh, invest anything other than time in, but they'll get my loyalty. They'll get my excitement. Um, even even think about like Breath of the Wild, I think is one of the best video games ever made. I still haven't even bought the DLC for that, but I will buy Breath of the Wild too. You know, like the, the N Nintendo has my loyalty after years of producing games that I find to be fun. When a game underwhelms, the WWE games are a good example. I bought WWE 2K13. It was fun, but buggy. Okay, I could let that go. WWE 2K14 came around. It was the same amount of fun, the same amount of buggy. Okay, things didn't get better year over year. I'm not going to buy 16. <laughs> I'm not going to buy 17. I was gifted a copy of 18 on the Switch. It was the worst playing experience I've ever had, and I'll probably never buy a WWE 2K game again. And I'll yell about it. Um, and I even have a hard time buying games published by 2K. Borderlands is the exception to that. <laughs> and even with that, even I'm a huge Borderlands fan. Everyone knows I have a hard time going more than like two or three weeks on this show with talking about how much I enjoy Borderlands. Even with that, I did not, I don't buy in and buy the DLC right away. That $60 investment in the base game, that needs to convince me that the game is worth continuing to invest in. That needs to convince me the game is worth playing. Because guess what? With Destiny 2, that paid off for me. Everyone bought the, the big $100, $120 season pass collector's edition of the game. And I said, well, let me buy the $60 edition and see how this works out. And guess what? I didn't really like Destiny 2. So I saved myself a bunch of money and I haven't gone back to it. Even with free updates and changes, because the way the game was changed, I didn't enjoy it and I didn't go back to it because we live in a world where there is endless video games to play. If I give you several hours of my attention and maybe $60 worth of my money and you can't convince me that I had a good time, I'm not coming back. I'm moving on to something else that's fun. I have thousands of video games i've played in the past that i've had fun with and there's thousand in the future i can like why would i stick on a game that needs to either win me back or convince me to come back or pay more money to enjoy more it it doesn't make sense to me yeah i just had a conversation with uh, a fellow streamer on mixer uh his name is functopus and i um i heard him say something i was just i was working on my computer i had his stream up on the other screen and i heard him say a word that just enrages me it just sets me off and can either one of you guess what word that would be what what game that would be Oh, I was thinking of another word, but um, was it Brink? It was Brink. Oh, and Brink. I was like, I literally stopped oh, what I was doing and turned to the screen. I'm like, did you just say something about the game Brink? And he goes, that is the biggest regret I have in my entire life, buying that $60 game. And I was like, oh, my God. 
Like this would this is the first time I have had a conversation with another human being that shared this horrible experience with me. And we went on for 30 minutes during his stream screaming about this game. I uh, then told him that it's a it's a fun gag because the game's a dollar anyway. If you could find it, it's a dollar anyway. It's anywhere. free to play on Steam, I think, because yeah. I played it. Yeah, but you could buy it for a dollar pretty much from any any secondhand shop, and so I have several copies of Brink. I told them in my uh, on my shelf because it, people found it funny that every time they saw it, they would just buy it and then leave it in the studio for me, and so yeah. Um, he was like, he was like, yeah, you should just start breaking them on stream type deal. But yeah, that, that just recently that got brought up and it reminded me like there's a game, which guess who that was by? Does anyone know who made Brink? EA? First person oh. shooter that was going to change the game. Bethesda. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, man. Yeah. It all makes sense now. <laughs> So I uh I have like I just hate like I've played Doom Eternal. It's it's a really good game. It's you know, I I give the credit to ID, not Bethesda. And so like but for me like it's hard anytime I look at a Bethesda product to sit there and go, "Oh yeah, that's going to be perfect. Oh yeah, that's going to be really good." Like, you know, I it takes I go all the way back to Oblivion last time I could say I grabbed and Skyrim, like I did, yes, I like Skyrim, but Oblivion is really where like I grabbed onto a Bethesda game and was like, I'm obsessed. And since then, it's like I've tried everything. I've tried Doom. I've tried um, uh, Fallout. I've tried uh, <laughs> Fallout 76. I've tried Brink. I've tried. Um, one, this one was actually half decent. Their their Cthulhu game from back in the day, and I, I'm I, I my um, mind is slipping me. What is their assassin game they made? Um, Thief. Well, the no, mask with the yeah, mask. The mask yeah. Dishonored. Uh, Thank you. Dishonored. Dishonored. Yeah. Yeah. I tried both Dishonored. I've tried so many Bethesda games, and I've yet to find one where it was. Um, I think. Did they do Prey too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like again, sure like I try, I I like try to like them. Rage, I'm like, Rage two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I've tried literally everything, and um, yeah, I don't know. I just you know, I think Brink literally like ruined me. Like I I go back, I think of Brink, I just I get pissed. You like just that game, all the time that of games game, I never played after being that, wronged by Brink. That game was unplayable unplayable dude i played it after like five years of patching on pc and even that was i was like this is unplayable i couldn't even make it through the tutorial unplayable so like i don't get i don't get many opportunities to talk about brink like that even though i don't want to but the fact that it got brought up recently the fact that miggy brought this topic up i go brink's getting brought up as an example of why (laughs) i have such a trust issue when it comes to bethesda so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our discussion this week. Let us know uh, games that wronged you, games you want to give a second chance. We know why you would want to give a company a second chance or why you're never going to buy something from a company ever again. All of that can be discussed more on the GameZilla podcast channel in our Discord. 
Uh, if you're not watching the show live, then head on over to GameZillaMedia.com, click on that community tab, and you can join the Discord right there. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. That's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Like I said, visit the website where you can listen to the podcast. You can watch the videos. You can read the blogs, and you can just consume all the content that GameZilla Media makes. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, keep the party rolling there. But um, we're just going to get into a quick Zilla update. I'm going to go ahead and let Deadite start since he finished off on the last one. And what do you got for me, bud? So, again, living the quarantine life and uh, hanging out, doing some gaming, spending a lot of my time with gaming. We know normally I'm the the one that is usually trying to scramble for coming up with something that I played this week. And uh, Animal Crossing is the hotness. I know Grim might get into it. I, I don't know if that's going to tie into anything he, he was uh, playing this week. Um, but that, that's whatever all my friends are playing right now. Everyone's deep into Animal Crossing, including my wife. I bought it for her as a birthday gift on a whim because I thought she would like it. And uh, today uh, I was trying to work and there she was on the phone with Chops's wife visiting each other's islands and have and just <laughs> having the time of her life. So she is she's into it. She's having fun. And I'm like, you know, I, I would I would kind of like to have my own island. I would kind of like. To, to play that game that everyone's playing and everyone's excited and talking about. But I'm like, I'm not going to pry that from her hands. Uh, and also, I'm not going to spend 60 bucks on Animal Crossing when I already bought my wife. Again, too cheap. And, you know, I told myself, you know what? I have Stardew Valley. It was a game I recommended, quarantine game last week during our discussion section of, like, what three games we recommend or if we can only pick three games. So I got back into Stardew Valley. Now, um, Miggy and I were discussing while we were prepping the show a little bit, uh, trying to figure out how much Stardew Valley I played this week. Well, I think I had between five and ten hours on my save file. I honestly think it was five hours on the save file. I checked before the show today. I have 30 hours on my save file. (laughs) I played through summer, fall, and winter, so three of the four seasons on Stardew just just this week. And man, what what a relaxing game to play. If you don't want to spend 60 bucks on Animal Crossing or don't own a Switch, Stardew is available on PlayStation 4, on mobile. I I believe it's on the Xbox. It's on PC, and it's a relaxing little farm simulator game. And, you know, that's my whole week has been binge watching Boy Meets World while my wife has Animal Crossing in her hands and I have Stardew in mine. And it's made for a really uh, relaxing time passer uh, here during quarantine. So that's me. That And I think that's what you're going to hear from me next week, too. I'm hooked. All right, Mickey, what do you got? Well, I got a quick two banger. And now both of them are the same themes. Um, uh, real quick, the first one is... Uh, I've gotten into a uh, uh, um, um, what is it, Dead by Daylight? Mm, yes, nice. Yes. With uh, yes, yes, playing with the one, the only. Shout out to Meat Shield, um, and 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 uh, her bow. Um, they got me hooked. They they got me hooked, and I didn't think I was gonna like this game, but um, it's it's pretty cool. It's been very nerve wracking, but I've been having a lot of fun. And then the the part two is Call of Duty Warzone. I have been having a ball with the boys you know shout out to the crew 
Um, I mean, I've, I've actually, and I haven't been doing this, but I've actually been starting to take clips and post them on like, you know, places or whatever. So like I'll play, I'll do like a, a, a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool move. Like I actually saved Grimm's life. Uh, he was getting ready to get, uh, get attacked. Like, you know, uh, the, uh forgot her name, but she like rolled up on him. Like finishing going in the yeah. animation. Yeah. Going to add a finishing move animation. And then I rolled off, said, Nope. Shotgun right to her face and saved him. By saving so, like, me, I, I was <laughs> already halfway through the animation. Like I knew I was dying. I was like, Oh, this person's <laughs> killing me. And then they stopped. And I was like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, we we held on that mo- we held on that that uh that bay too for like a good minute. People were coming in every interest. We were just dropping them. It kind of reminded me of the but, Matrix when like Neo's in the middle and there's just all these Agent Smiths coming in every doorway. That's us. Yeah. We were Neo, and it was working. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's I've been having a ball. I've been uh you know taking the clips, uh some funny moments, some fun moments. I mean, I even start to shock myself, especially with like my sniper skills. So, uh, we've been like staying up till about five, six o'clock in the morning, like running it, like when everybody else is going to bed. It's like, hey, want to run some duos? So, man, yeah, I, it's, it's, I, I even. I didn't want to publicly admit that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I've been I've been staying up that late by myself, by myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so bad that I even bought Final Fantasy VII and postponed playing that just to play Warzone. It's sad. <gasps> it's sad. That's so oh, I played it yesterday. I played it last night though. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'll save that for next week. Yeah. So I mean, I've uh, I've also dove into the whole Animal Crossing world with uh, Jade. That is the game that we have been able to play together. She's definitely taken more to it than I have, where she's visited uh, Chops' wife as well. It seems to be uh, seems to be At a very the, popular. The Mur- I- oh, the Crime Cove. Yeah, it's it, called Crime Cove. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a very popular uh, a, a location. So, anyways, um, I kind of have, fall- have fallen off of the the Animal Crossing boat because the Easter event just like annoyed me more than anything. It ended yesterday and it ended. So maybe I'll get back. Maybe I'll jump back in. But, um, I feel like that's literally where I kind of fell off. I was like, I don't want to collect eggs. Anything I can build with these eggs. I don't want. And that stupid bunny is super annoying. I'm out. <laughs> but what I did really enjoy is Warzone, And it wasn't like Warzone's great. Like the game's fun. And I'm I'm pretty good at it. Like I I'm quite surprised that like my my stats and everything seem to seem to be pretty solid. But it was the fact that I started gaming with Five Mile Rick, Owl Zero, yes. like get you know getting play- and then then they added quads in there. So then Player One Miggy joined and when we're running fours and we're running threes. It's like old Destiny crew, and so like it really kind of felt like old the old days, the good old days, right? And I think you know being in quarantine and, and all this stuff, it just really kind of was a that perfect storm where now we're like you know Rick. Rick lives just a couple blocks over from me, so he'll walk his dog, you know, and and he'll come by the house. I'll stick my head out the front door and be like, "Yeah, Warzone later." I'm like, "Yeah, you know it." <laughs> you know, like we're literally planning <laughs> planning our gaming sessions instead of just like hopping on and seeing who's online. And so it's um, you know, even even Owl Zero, someone who's really into Minecraft right now, really into you know some of his own projects, and he, you know he's messaging group messaging and saying. All right, guys, we ready for 8 p.m. tonight? We're all going to get together. We're going to get some wins. You know, like, we're, like, we are ready. This is what we want to do. And so it's been a lot of fun. And I think part of it is because it is very team-oriented. And if you, as an individual, fail, there's many ways for your team to get you back in. Uh, it's You know, and so I've had a lot of fun with it in that sense where 
I, I feel like as a core, our core group that we're running with, we can win and we have one. And that's the cool thing is we got a couple, we got a couple wins under our belt and we are, we, we compete, we get, we get to end game most rounds. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It, it hasn't been, even when we have a bad round or when, or when a mistake's made or, or, or communications missed, like it's not that game that's like enraging. Like we've had in the past where it's like, even like from PUBG to fallout to, to apex, we've had like meltdowns. We're like, cool. Well, I'm not playing this game anymore because we're just, we're taking it too seriously. This one's just somehow enjoyable, fun. And I think even when, if you're not having a good round, you're not able to get kills. Like there's uh, objectives that you can do. There's ways, there, you know, there's ways that you can help your team without having to necessarily be a, a DPS, just damage machine. So yeah, I think, um, that's definitely got to be the gaming moment right now. I'm just having a lot of fun with it and it's got to be because of the people I get to play with. And I like the fact that we have gamers in California, Sean Flack, right? We have, we have these people that are in different time zones. So it's fun. Like, like, like Miggy said, I don't sleep anymore because, because (laughs) days mean nothing to me anymore. So it's fun because I'll start at 8 PM with my team and then they'll go to bed because some of them are still working, um, you know, not from home, but they actually have to go in. And so then they're like, or they have a kid or whatever. So they'll go to bed and then I'm like, all right, Sean, rotate in. And we just keep going. And so like, we just have like a, we have subs, man. We literally have a bench. You know, like, and we're like, all right, Sean, you're in. Let's go get the jersey I'm on. Gonna I'm going to start flexing on you guys by like having a new week. Hold on. You broke up there by, by doing what? Oh. I'm going to start flexing on you guys by having a new segment called sleeping moment of the week. <laughs> so I went to bed at 1030. I got nine hours of sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, it's been a lot of fun for sure. That's definitely got to be my, my uh, gaming moment of the week for sure. So, uh, but that's our gaming moments of the week. We want to know your gaming moment of the week. So again, head into that discord and share with us what you're up to while you're on quarantine. Also, if you're looking for people to play Warzone or you're looking for another game to find some people to game with, that's the discord. Get in there. There's people looking always. So uh, you can you can find some people to hang out with, make some new friends, play some video games and have fun. All right. That's all I got. We are... Uh, we're done. Episode 308 of the Games Little Podcast. Deadite wants to thank our patrons one more time, I think. Yeah, I got to thank our patrons. Uh, if it weren't for the support of patrons, uh, <laughs> we would not we would not be uh, putting all this effort into do three different location remote recording of the cast. But the passion and dedication of all of our patrons uh, is the motivation for us to continue delivering a show for you while you're locked in your house. Or, hey, maybe you're essential. Maybe you're out there working. Hopefully you got the earbuds in or you're driving in a in a truck, maybe uh, you still get to listen to the Games of the Podcast. We appreciate that you're making us a part of your week and we appreciate uh, that you financially contribute to our success, life, and growth. We also have to give a shout out to all the other great shows that uh, are affiliated with us on the Gamezilla Media Network, like The Legend of Retro, uh, Noobs and Dragons, The uh, Noiseland Arcade, and Last Action Podcast. Again, a couple of those shows are on hiatus right now, but it's a great time to go back into the backlog and enjoy some of the old uh, episodes of those shows. They uh, are super fun to listen to so go to gamezillamedia.com and if you only listen to the gamezilla podcast try clicking on one of the other shows and give it a listen because 
regardless of what you do with your time right now, you probably have extra time on your hands and why not pass it with some Gamezilla Media Podcast? Grim, stop playing. Stop oh, playing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm done. Sorry. My I'm bad. done. My bad. But look at my little guy. He's got a shovel and everything. Look, he can dig holes. Get and... digging. Oh, I got flowers. Ooh, I got mail. I got mail. Who didn't turn the fire? Oh, sorry. Anyways, guys, thank you for well, hanging since you're involved out. In that, let me tell you about this mobile game. <laughs> thank you for hanging out on episode 308 of the Gamesville podcast. We always appreciate the support. We love y'all. And uh, the community is amazing. We look forward to uh, doing it again next Monday. But until then, just remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time. Game on. Game on.